Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. The Great Resignation is upon us. Workers are leaving their jobs in droves as they retool and seek lives full of passion. What is a manager to do? On today's podcast, we interview Raj Subramayer, tech career strategist and author of Skyrocket Your Career. Raj breaks it down and offers four solutions that provide the key to keeping employees engaged, all of them based on transparency and clear expectations. Hello and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I'm your co-host, Mitch Simon, on the West Coast, and I've got my amazing co-host on the East Coast, Dr. Virginia Bianco Mathis. Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. Now, a record 4.4 million people quit their jobs in September, which indicates that the Great Resignation isn't slowing down anytime soon. As employees search for more fulfilling careers, managers are also thinking about retaining great talent during this time. We are so excited to have on the show today, Raj Subramayer, Chicago-based tech career strategist and author of Sky Rocket Your Career. Raj is going to give us tips on how to find ways to have your talent love their jobs again. Welcome, Raj. How are you doing today? I am doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we're really excited too. So we've got a West Coaster, an East Coaster, and now we've got the Midwest. So we almost have the entire U.S. covered except for Alaska. So Raj, can you tell us what has surprised you the most over the last 18 months? I would say there are two things which kind of you know surprised me in the past 18 months. One was how many people have changed jobs because they realize what they're worth and what their true passion is. And that's what I've seen. The One of the major reasons why people are switching jobs and changing jobs, that was number one. Number two was, which was really surprising to me, was how people got adapted themselves to remote working. Even government offices got adapted to remote working, right? Because I can speak for this because my wife actually works for the government. There, you have to come into the office because nothing happens if people are not in one location and everything changed. COVID forced them to change. And now my wife does not have an office in downtown Chicago. So that actually was really, really surprising. And yeah, those are the two things definitely which took me by shock in a pleasant way, I would say. Great. And so, you know, obviously we've all heard about the great resignation. Why do you think so many people are leaving and how do you think companies are actually contributing to moving them out? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Kicking them out. Yeah. Kicking them out. <laughs> I know. So I think the two major catalysts which is triggering and sparking this great resignation, right? Number one is that people have come to realize that you can work from any remote location now. 
a person can be in Hawaii working for, you know, two years and still, you know, getting their job done while being on vacation for a year, right? And it has changed the whole landscape of how work happens. And because of that, what happens is people have got so adapted to this remote working style, flexible remote working style. And now there are some companies who are saying, no, come back to the office. We're not going to have remote working anymore, right? So that's a huge shift from what people are used to in the past two and a half. That is one of the main reasons why people are changing jobs because companies are mandating for them to come in person, especially with all this COVID variants, you know, going along and people have various valid reasons for not coming physically to a location, right? So that is number one. Number two, I believe people, again, realized that they have time to repress their personal lives and careers. That being said, they had two options, right? One is they realized they have to retool their skill sets to stay relevant in the industry, and this is their chance to do that. And there's also another section of people who decided, you know what, I'm going to change my jobs to pursue my passion. Either ways, in the end, people upgraded their skill set and became more marketable. So, of course, that kind of triggered the whole great resignation as well. I think those are the two main reasons which I've seen personally, because I work in the tech space and in the job markets. This is what I've seen been the trigger for people leaving their jobs and moving to different places. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. Give us the full title of your book, by the way, Skyrocket Your Career, because it's a great title. So... Th- the main title is Skyrocket Your Career, and the subtitle is The No Bullshit Approach to Find Your Dream Job, Be Successful in It, and Transform into a Rockstar. So that's the subtitle. And I really meant it because people who have worked with me and who know me in the industry know that I'm a straight shooter. And I wanted a 99-page book which gets right into the strategies which helps people through the entire job life cycle instead of beating around the bush and making it like a 300-page book. So that's why I do not bullshit in the book. And it's straight strategies from me based on my experience. So I guess, Judy, what he's saying is that every book that's out there, the first 99 pages is the real stuff. The rest of it is just bullshit. So I like that. I like that. That's one way of looking at it. So that's why you should get my book to see whether that's true or not. (laughs) So with the no bullshit approach, I guess what you're saying, Raj, is that a lot of people, they saw the writing on the wall. They retooled their careers to make themselves more mobile. And then when their company said, hey, you know, we want you to come into the office and use the old skill set, they said, no, no way. I'm going to go out there and use this new skill set, perhaps get more money, follow my passion and love my life. Is that what's going on? Exactly. I think you pretty much summarized it really well. I believe that they realize, again, they're worth more than what they are. And some of the companies didn't recognize the talent for a long time. And now they recognized it after they started learning things. Other companies want them more and would give them a better work-life balance, money, and multiple factors. They said, you know what? A lot of companies hiring right now, so I'm going to just try my luck. And that's what is happening. One thing led to another, and now there's a wave of people in the same bandwagon. What's your advice then for business owners and leaders? So the audience for your book is, I think, mostly employees. I mean, we want to ask questions, I think, more on the employer side on this podcast. How can business owners and leaders provide more flexibility 
that are both great for the business and great for the employees? That's a great question. And that is something which employers have to really think about these days, especially during this era of great resignation. First of all, let's you know address the problem here. One of the biggest problems why employers and employees do not have a good remote working arrangement is because there's no transparency and there's no clear expectations. So what do I mean by that? The employees do not know what to do, when to do it, and what to expect. And the employers assume a lot of things about the employees and this huge miscommunication. That was the main reason why people do not want employees to work remotely in the first place. Remember what this was in 2015 or 16, the ex-CEO of Yahoo, Marissa Meyer, said the whole company, we are banning work from home. Everyone has to come into office. And we know what happened. Yahoo had the worst financial years during those times. But what I'm trying to say is people have to address the main problem, which is transparency and expectations. So that being said, there are four things employers can actually do to improve this remote working balance between their direct reports. First thing is clearly set goals, deadlines, and expectations what they have to do, when they have to do it, what is expected from them. When you have the clear communication, then more than 50 to 60% of the problem is resolved just having that clear goals, deadlines, and expectations. Second thing is have some clarity on the working hours of the employees. Because this is the thing, since we are all working from home, we have to drop our kids to school, We have to babysit our kid for three, four hours because the babysitter is not available. Everyone are going through that process. But in general, you have to set some timelines in terms of when you're available. Say it could be nine to two and then from four to six, whatever that case may be. Set those clear expectations in terms of your timelines, your working hours. Then two other things you want to keep in mind is as an employer, provide maximum support possible to enable them to do their remote work without any obstacles, right? Give them the hardware they need, the webcams, the mics, the collaboration tools, the licenses. There's no use trying to look at costs in that area because you have to invest in those tools to actually increase communication. Because if you are stringent in these tools, then it's going to have huge loss of revenue on the other end, right? People do not realize it. So that's the third thing. And final thing is do periodic check-ins with your employees. Have one-on-ones. And more than ever, having one-on-ones right now in our remote working world is really, really important because you want to make sure they do not have any obstacles. They do not have any questions for you. So those are the four things I think employers really need to keep in mind to enable the seamless remote working new environment, I would say. Yeah, it's so funny because what you basically said is help your employees get the work done that the company needs to get done, which is, you know, it's just so funny because both uh, Jenny and I are leadership coaches and we've been talking about that before COVID. And then now it's just really interesting is that you can actually help your employees become more productive as long as you help your employees become more productive. You know, it's one of those. It's one of those things. It's what you're saying, Raj. So I love that. Also, as these are all common knowledge, but sometimes common knowledge is not common sense. And COVID has made it a reality that you really need to pay attention to these things. That's what I was going to say. 
Right, right. And I was just going to add that there seems to be a structure around all of that, because as you all have been saying, we've been saying this forever. Of course, you need to be clear on what it is you want. Of course, you need to give them the resources. Now, because people feel more empowered, having two years to redefine themselves and having a realization of what they bring, it needs to be more of a dialogue, not a mandate. Exactly. And that is where I'm finding, I don't know if you can speak to that, that the organizations are having problems. The check-in. Well, what do I say? <laughs> what do I say in the check-in? <laughs> Learning how to have real conversation. That's why the training comes in the picture as well, because the leaders have to be trained to listen first before maybe that not have been one of the main characteristics for a leader in some companies, but now they really have to listen because a lot of people are going through a lot of stuff and a lot of personal stuff. For example, you don't know whether a person has like a 90-year-old grandma, right, who she's safeguarding from COVID and because of that, she cannot get into work. Or you don't know whether someone has a husband who has lost his job and the wife is supporting everyone, right? There are different cases and examples. So that's why you really need to listen. You don't have to get too personal, but you know, lend a ear to your employees and see what they're going through and then have a dialogue, as you said, and come to a common understanding. It could be where for important meetings, maybe just drive in for two hours because there's some big CEO meetings and we would love to have your input in that. Otherwise, you can perform everything else from home. And whenever you come, we'll make sure everyone is masked and we'll take proper COVID measures, right? This is just a random example, but have the dialogue with your boss and they have to start listening and then step into their shoes and try to feel what they're feeling, right? So that is something which is going to be really important. Are you seeing any programs out there that companies are launching to help leaders help their employees love their jobs, you know, or just to help employees love their jobs? Yeah. So in terms of leaders, I think it starts with training. So in their regular training, which leaders have to go through, now I think there's more focus on how to effectively manage distributed teams, which was the thing before, then how to effectively use remote collaboration tools. That's a huge thing as well. Especially, again, when I say government, I'm not stereotyping people, but I'm just saying, say, for example, Company A, there are a lot of people, you know, older people who are not used to technology, who are in the leadership position. They have to get trained on how to use Zoom, how to do a screenshot, how do you enable chats, how do you make another person a moderator? I know this sounds simple for a lot of people, but it is not common knowledge. Trust me on that because as both of you may have observed, I've observed this in so many different meetings where people spend five minutes to locate an icon on Zoom, right? So again, that's a kind of training which people are focusing on as well. Another thing is how to have effective one-on-one -on -one meetings. A lot of companies didn't have one-on-one -on -one meetings. And now they're saying you need to have one-on-one -on -one meetings at least once a month or on a bi-weekly basis so that you get to know about problems immediately because they're not coming into office, right? So in terms of training, I think there's more focus on these three aspects compared to 
in pre-COVID era where you had a lot of other things like diversity, inclusion, training and stuff. But now I think there's more focus on these three aspects, which I just mentioned. What are some of the activities that companies are sponsoring when their employees are remote and they're doing it online? What's happening out there where employees are going, gosh, I love my company because my company did this while I was at my house. (laughs) Right. So this is a funny thing because I've been working remotely since 2015. And at one point I was managing a team of 50 people across the globe, even before COVID hit. So I actually implemented some of these things, which I'm going to share. That's why I wish I had written a book about how to manage remote distributed teams before skyrocketed career. But jokes apart, here are some things which I personally have implemented and found a lot of value. First thing is having virtual happy hours. So just like how when people were in the office once in two weeks or something, people used to hang out Friday nights, you know, go to a bar or do whatever they do to socialize. Now we have virtual happy hours where people give insights into their house, their pet, their kid, you know, and then you can make it fun where people bring a beer or some drink which they like and they explain that or talk about that. It forces people to get out of the shell and open up the conversation. Again, it's not necessarily you just need to only have drinks, but it could be any icebreaker conversation. So virtual happy hours is number one. Number two is I used to do bingo and trivia nights. So for my team, uh, I had teams I was managing in USA, Europe, Asia, and we used to have trivia nights for different chapters, for different locations, because sometimes the time doesn't add up. So that's another thing you have to keep in mind. But used to do bingo, trivia night, and then online gaming. We had online gaming groups. I was never part of the online gaming group because I'm more of an outdoor guy. But they were groups who did online gaming as well. Finally hosting your company events online. And what we used to do was, I was reporting to the founder of the company in my last company. So what we used to do is in our leadership team, we had eight people. And then for each person, there'll be five bullet points. One will be false and others will be true about their life, which no one knows, right? Those are fun, yes. That's a fun event and then people vote on it. So making your company meetings fun. Those are some tips and strategies to engage people, especially in an online environment. Great. And what types of activities are you seeing companies sponsor when they bring their employees together? Yeah, I think similar things which people used to do before COVID where you have safe outdoor gatherings and where people get to hang out. Those are some things which people continue to do. Some more team bonding activities like going to escape rooms where people are forced to collaborate and solve puzzles, right? That has been super popular. Man, you'd be surprised like how many escape rooms have come up. It's just crazy, especially here in Chicago. It's crazy. Like so many escape rooms have popped up in the past two, three years. And also the usual team parties or team dinners, you know. So those are some things which I see people doing as an outdoor activity. Oh, one thing which I also did, my wife's company did was they took everyone to a pumpkin farm during Halloween. It was a family event. So kids were able to ride tractors, take pictures with different farm tools and stuff like that. So that again maps to the outdoor activities, you know, outdoor events, which I was talking about. That's great. That's great. Now, what's the best way to reward employees during this pandemic? I would say recognize people have put in a lot of hard work during the pandemic and give them bonuses. And I think this is a time where leaders 
should show their leadership by taking some cut in their paycheck and giving some of their bonuses to their employees, right? Because with the great resignation, you don't want to lose them, first thing. Second thing is you want to reward them for being loyal to your company as well. So give them bonuses, give them gift cards, even like a $15, $20 Starbucks gift card goes a long way. People remember that. And if you're not do any of these, then just send them a thank you note, a handwritten personal thank you note, not this printed generic stuff that you send online, right? So those are the things you really want to keep in mind. In fact, research has found that thank you notes actually has more impact on people's morale, your team's morale, than monetary benefits. So if you cannot do anything else, at least send them a handwritten thank you note. And I think that will go a long way. People remember that. The the emotion is attached to the note. Yeah, not the money. Thank you notes. It's a wonderful time of the year to be talking about thank you notes. I like the bonus idea, Rod, especially during this time, because the higher levels are saying we are all working differently. And our communal success has never been more interdependent. I like right? that. So to say that because I'm higher up, I should get a higher bonus. Boy, I think that's a big statement. All of you managed out there making Boku bucks, share yeah. the wealth. All right. And now last question, Raj, is how can people get your book? How can people find you? How can people sing and thank you note? Yeah. <laughs> So first of all, before I go there, I wanted to acknowledge both of you for showing up every day and giving value to your audience and everyone in the community. I think you're doing great work and kudos to that. So, And that being said, there are different ways people can reach me. The information about me and how, how I impact and help people can be found on my website, which is rajsubra.com. My book, all information about my book can be found at skyrocketyourcareerbook.com. And you can download the first chapter for free because I know the feeling where you invest some money and then you get the book. And then after the first chapter, you fall asleep. So you can now decide whether you want to buy my book by downloading the first chapter for free. And my book also won an award as a best nonfiction book in 2021 by Reader's Favorite, which is like the Oscar awards for movies. So yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. And I live on LinkedIn. So literally follow me ping me, and I love to network and connect. So those are the three ways you could get to know about me and also get access to the things which I've worked on and working on as well. That's great. I also noticed on your website that you donate 50% of your profits to charity. Yep. So I have an online shop and 50% of the profits go to charity. And of course, if people are on video and see this picture, so currently the shirt I'm wearing says, To be a legend, you have to do legendary work. So my wife and I actually designed each and every t-shirt, hat, and merchandise on my online store. And 50% of the profits go to people. And then at the end of the year, we'll announce which are the charities we donated to. And if you have any other charities specifically you want to donate to, you could just let us know and we'll do that as well. So yeah, and for your podcast listeners, there's a special code which you could put in the show notes as well, where they could they get about forty percent off on all merchandise. So that is something to keep in mind. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I'm looking at your website. You guys have all the t-shirts that I've always wanted to do. I want some nice t-shirts out there that are epic. And his t-shirts are epic. I won't say what it says after epic, but if you want to go see his t-shirts, definitely go to that website, Skyrocket Your Career Book. 
Facebook.com slash shop. And that's my marketing spin for tonight. Well, I want to thank you, Raj, so much for this really insightful podcast tonight. And thanks for coming out. I know it's late in Chicago and it's even later in on the East Coast. Thank you, Dr. Virginia Bianca Mathis. Thank you, Raj. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. And we look forward to seeing you next time on our next episode of Team Anywhere. Anywhere.